0: So last week, Father Bierman went on retreat to Florida. And it was Monday. And I got a notification on my phone from an app called The Grint. It's a golf app. It notifies me when anyone on the app that I'm friends with starts a round of golf. Starts a round of golf and then gives me live updates if I want them. So, Father Beerman and Father Vogel, they went golfing before the retreat started and after the retreat ended, they went golfing. And I got thinking about that as I saw that and I was like, oh man, would it be good to be golfing again? But at last, yesterday morning, I was ice fishing and so I got done ice fishing, cleaning the fish, and again, staring at my golf clubs while I was cleaning fish, going, ah. Oh, It'd be cool to be out in nice weather and golf. But then there's this, always this instinct of like, I don't know where my swing's gonna be. You have no idea. My drive at the end of the season, eh, it was all right. I don't know about you, I don't know who, who here all golfs, but I know it's a thing in this community. I can have the best drive in my life or the best hole in my life. And then the next hole, not so much. I can have the best drive at the tee box and then the next hole I will miss the ball three times and it'll still be on the tee I'll swing it's still there swing it's still there swing it's still there because I'm looking down not looking at the ball and everyone is kind of chuckling to themselves or getting frustrated at themselves but what's the one thing that we always say even in baseball keep your eye on the ball keep your eye on the ball go back to the basics just go back to the basics. When you think it's complex, go back to the basics. Keep your eye on the ball. Make contact. Swing through. The basics. That's essentially what Lent is. Lent is a season of going back to the basics. The basics of faith. The basics of what it is to be God's. Because who knows what happened to us during this year? Sometimes we had good shots, sometimes we had bad, sometimes we suffered, sometimes it was great, sometimes it was joyful, sometimes it was sorrowful, sometimes it was grieving, sometimes it was mourning. All of that just happened in a year and we have to be based somewhere. And that's why our first reading is all the way from the second chapter of Genesis. It's all the way at the base. At the basic level of what it is to be human. Genesis. This is the best part. <laughs> what did God say to Adam and Eve? You guys remember this? Is anyone remember what God said? Don't eat the fruit of the tree. Does anyone, because that's me too, right? What did God say? Don't do this. Does anyone ever hear what God says before? Don't do this." This is the hilarious part about our fallen brokenness. We hear the don't do," and we pay attention. Verses, God literally created Adam and Eve in love for paradise, an entire garden for them, for humanity. All of the trees you can eat of. Everything here is yours. Absolutely everything. Everything is yours. But don't eat of this tree. Because this tree, it's not who I created you to be. As if God could be envious of His creation. We are already created in God's image and likeness. He can't become envious because we're going to become like God's. It's because he created us in his image and likeness that in some sense we already are. We already are living that life of love because that's what God is. He's love. The church fathers would go on to say, that the trees, the trees of friendship, the trees of fellowship, the trees of virtue, just being in the garden of paradise with the Father, God himself, the goodness of our sexuality, all of these trees are yours. Just please don't choose death. Don't use this tree. But because of free will, I'm placing it in the garden so you can choose. That's the story of each one of us. This isn't a distant past. We are created in love for love to give love. We're lovable. And then we turn seven. Seven is the church's proclamation, essentially, of when we can know actually right and wrong. We can actually choose right and wrong at seven. That's why as a deacon, you actually need permission from your pastor in order to baptize somebody who's over seven. And that's why the RCIA program starts at seven. Because at seven, you have free will to choose. Before that, you don't. So we have this, we're created in love, which if you look at other origin stories, right? You have the mythologies. You have mythology. Mythology created out of absolute chaos of the gods. Created out of absolute paranoia, jealousy, lust, whatever, of the gods. Violently. God... He created, and it came to be. Let there be light, and there was light. Let me form man in my own image, and there was man. Let me breathe into him my spirit. God didn't need to do that. God didn't need to do that for us each and every day. So that gets to part two. So part one, we're loved, basic, we're loved. And then we turn seven. Part two. Jesus goes and shows us today, he goes into the desert. What happens in the desert? Not a whole lot, a lot, of nothing. Right? You think of a desert and you're like, what's going on? I don't know. It's a desert. There's nothing. There's no distractions in the desert. There's an ultimate solitude of silence in the desert. And Jesus goes straight there to be tempted. Solitude in our own life. Silence in our own life. God is creating us at each and every moment. God is creating me. But on by every word God speaks, I live Have you ever thought about God speaking your word each and every morning, each and every moment of your life? Your name. Just saying, Brian. 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 You're living by my word. Keep living. That real sense that we're living in that silence. All of a sudden, we haven't had grass grow yet. But all of a sudden, you need to cut the grass. Do we ever hear the grass grow? No. All of a sudden, the trees need trimming. Do we see that branch grow? No. Do we hear it? No. But you can hear corn grow. You can hear corn grow. It's an interesting one. But this real sense that life grows in silence. A baby inside the mother's womb, do you hear it grow? No. That life grows in silence. That relationships can grow in silence. So that's God. Jesus goes into the desert, and he's in the desert, and he's silent. And these temptations, after 40 days, he was hungry? Really? After 40 days of fasting? I could see that. He was hungry. I love that. St. Matthew put that in the Gospels. And he was hungry. Duh. <laughs> Anyways, he was hungry. But what did Satan tempt him with? All of his temptations started off with this one fact. If, if you are the Son of God, do X. If, This is basic number two. Number three. The cross is not an if. If God loves me, no, he does. Jesus did not suffer his passion and death for an if. He does love us. The Father does love us. And he created us to be loved and to give that love. It's not an if we're loved. It's if I'm going to respond. And how I'm going to respond. Cuz that's what Jesus gives us the blueprint for. He knows his identity and then he pushes back and says, "I'm going to bring this to the Father." Say, "What does the Father say about this?" One does not live on bread alone, but on every word you speak. Okay. Well, I know that I'm not going to live by this bread. I'm going to actually die from eating this bread eventually because I'm finite. But I can live by every word you speak. Okay, so I'm going to respond to this in love. I'm going to bring it to the light and see the lie. And that's what Jesus keeps going back to. Whatever Satan says, it's going to be a lie. He's a murderer. He's the father of lies. It's going to be a lie. Whatever vice that we're tempted with, it's not going to do what the Satan says it's going to do. It just can't. He'll command you, right? And then Satan uses scriptures to even try to get in to rooting out this identity that Jesus just concretely has. And he can't. Because he's so rooted in it that he's so silent that he's like, no, that's not, no, that's not true. I'm already loved. I don't need to be more than that. And then Jesus just has enough. This is the best part. Jesus just has enough. Get away, Satan. It is written... The Lord, you, the Lord your God you shall worship, and him alone you shall serve. Jesus making this ultimate push. Satan, get out of here. You're a creature. You're a lie. You're alive. I'm only serving God. He's the only one that's loving me. Luckily for us, we have everyone else too, right? Jesus did too. Friendship, marriage, friends, fraternity, friends. Coworkers, to be loved so this whole entire sense of we're created in love we're created in silence a stillness resides and this is where the world gets lost and this is where I get lost myself the world is loud and full of distractions full of it absolutely It's a cacophony of noise. Think about the most popular song and how much noise it is. And that's why our world is starting to lose our identity. Because if I'm creating me out of this noise, who knows what I'm going to be tomorrow? But if God created me, in His image and likeness, then I'm already His beloved son and already His beloved daughter. And nothing is going to change that. Just how I respond. My identity comes from stillness, from silence. It doesn't come from who I think I am. It doesn't come from who the world thinks I am. It comes from God and that love that I'm created at each and every moment for love, to receive love, and to give love. So in these 40 days, it's returning to the basics, keeping our eye on the ball. Where's stillness in my life? Where's silence in my life? Where's love in my life? And to stay there, This is crazy this is really cheesy but we're human beings not human doers cheesy I know but we're being before we do anything we're good before we do any wrong we're good before we do any wrong let's try to just be human beings just to be is good to the Father because we're created in His image and likeness.